and welcome back to the Let's Talk About It podcast. You're here with Lani. And Wani. And we're back again for our first, we're back for our first first official episode. episode. (laughs) We're basically going to be talking about uh, our individual experiences going through a cultural identity crisis. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really happy that we're talking about this because I go through an identity crisis four times a year <laughs> only <laughs> um we're just going to speak about our experiences growing up as half castes in western civilization um so i guess did you want to kick it off yeah sure um well i guess the definition of half caste there's so many definitions of it is yeah what was the, defi- you okay, had the so, definition <laughs> so half caste is just basically re- referring to being of mixed race or ethnicity um some people may find the term dehumanizing or derogatory due to the history of this term being used so i don't know do you take offense to the term being called half caste not really but i think context is important it depends who says it and how they say it because yeah. i have had it directed towards me as an angry thing like it's just like oh you're half caste right and I think that's where it's a problem. But if it's used, I guess, as a just my chair. If it's used as a description, then it is what it is. I am half of something. Right. Literally. So I guess if you haven't listened to the first sort of introductory, Lani is Assam on Uruguayan. Yes, and I am Cook Island Fijian. I do have Chinese mix, but I pretty much just refer as like Cook Island Fijian. Um, so both half casts. I was first generation Australian born. You are first and second. First from my dad's side and second from my mum. Right. I I was raised by a single mother, so I was raised by my um, Cook Island mother. However, she didn't really instill any of her traditional cultural beliefs or anything on me. Like it wasn't forced upon me. It's something that I sort of, I guess, have learnt to sort of want to learn about that. Mm. Probably started when I was a teenager, actually. But, yeah, I pretty much grown up Australian, you know, in the area. Um, Yeah, I guess. What about you? Have you... And I don't really take offence to being called a half-caste because it is what I am. Yeah. Um, But I don't think that makes me anything less than or more than anyone else. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when it does become a problem is when you know you go to the, when I go to the Cook Islands like I'm not Cook Island enough because I don't speak the language mm. um, and then when I go to Fiji like I'm not Fijian enough yeah and then it's sort of like referring to okay but how can you call yourself so and so if I like yeah. you grew up in Australia and it's just sort of like I guess it's just wanting to know more mm-hmm. about my culture and where my ancestors came from what about you um, well, I think I had a lot of, there was different levels of, I guess, identity crisis. There was a period of time where I would just say, I'm Spanish in Samoan. And it wasn't until my parents sat me down and they were like, no, you're not. Like, you're not from Spain. And I'm like, what? Like, we speak Spanish, but you're from South America because that's where Uruguay is. And I, I don't really have much family on that side. I literally only have my grandparents. And my mom and my dear, who's my mom's sister, who passed away. So that was it. That was the extent of my Uruguayan side. So I didn't really have much to rely on in terms of. I grew up like with my grandparents. I lived with them most of my life, but that was it. I didn't have the community around me, so I didn't really understand. I guess why 
typical differences between Spanish. I my so my dad and my stepdad are both Samoan, so in a way I do have two Samoan parents and like different experiences with each of them. But in comparison to the two cultures, so the Samoan Uruguayan culture, me being Uruguayan even half quarter no matter what it is was enough for when I'm with the Uruguayan community like that's enough you're in whereas I always felt like with the Samoan community I had to prove how Samoan I am in different ways so that might be like oh like but you don't look at or like why is your last name this and it was just like yeah. what list do there I have to There are a lot of people tick? with your last name actually. Yeah so which is interesting because Perez is from my mum's side which is the South American side but I know so many Samoans that have that last name so yeah. I'm interested like where that came from. But I always felt like there was just a checklist when it came to the Samoan um, community of like, what makes you Samoan? Like, can you do this? Can you do that? Have you been there? Do you speak the language? You know, and depending on who the people are, obviously this isn't the same for everyone, but depending on the people I was interacting with, like sometimes they're like, oh, but like, you're not even. And I was just like, well, how? When they call you a plastic islander. Oh yeah, can all, relate. The time. all the time. <laughs> And it was just like there was this invisible checklist that I wasn't sure at what point like I would become someone enough to be accepted. And I only honestly, I think it was only recently that I just I stopped caring. Like, I know I am and that's enough for me. I, your invisible checklist or whatever you think that will determine, like, you know, if I am or if I'm not has nothing to do with me. Doesn't mean yeah. it was easy, though. There's been some hard times. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for so just for context like we grew up in the western suburbs of sydney and the western suburbs is made up of so many different cultures religions so when somebody would ask you where are you from it's generally referring to like your ethnic background yeah so that's where i always got like when somebody asked me where i'm from like i'll be like oh you know i'm this and this yeah i would never say that i'm australian yeah no i don't say i'm australian unless i'm from overseas yeah, so if I was in New Zealand... I mean, New unless Zealand, I'm overseas. Sorry. Yeah, like when I went to New Zealand, they said, where yeah. are you from? I'm like, Australia. Yeah. Because I know that they're not asking where I'm from. Yeah. Whereas if I'm at work and someone says to me, oh, where are you from? I'm like, I, as a smart ass, I say what area I'm from. They're like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. what nationality? What background are you? Like, why do you look like that pretty much? That's the hierarchy. So when somebody asks you where you're from, it's like your ethnic background. And then it'll be like, where were you born? Mm. And then it'll be, what area are you from? Yeah. Just so they can sort of like stereotype you. <laughs> and tickle with, yeah, like, and figure out which box you fit in. So it's yeah. like, oh, you're Samoan, but you're from here. Okay. Well, like you're born over there, but you're here. Yeah. So it's just, I guess it's what those things mean to everyone else. Yeah. That's what they're asking. I think like the first time that I actually wanted to know more about my culture, the first time I went to um Rarotonga, which is like the main island of the cook islands mm. um i went by myself when i was 16. Oh. so my mom sent me there <laughs> um and then i was there for a little bit and then like it's just such a beautiful island the people are beautiful i have so much family and when i was there i was just like gobsmacked at how much i didn't know yeah. like and all of the traditions that you know were not placed upon me yeah like, i didn't have to grow up with it mm. so I was just, I was, I'm like so privileged and I was so sheltered <laughs> in Western civilization. Like, and that just made me want to know more about the Cook Islands. Yeah. So that was the first time I went by myself. And then I went every year. Yeah. So, like, just so I could know more. Mm. But every time I was there, I sort of, even though like I was welcomed with open arms, I always felt a little bit of a disconnect because 
you know, I'm not there enough to pick up the language, yeah. which, you know, I can pick up sort of little phrases here and there. Mm. But when I come back to Sydney, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm back to like, how's it going? Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> and like my mom doesn't speak the language to me. Mm. She just speaks English. Yeah. I think for her when she moved, she just wanted me to have the best education, yeah. which um, I think I did. And well, I don't know. I don't <laughs> say, but yeah, she never forced that upon me. I think for her, it's just education, good job. And mm. that was it. She's done her part. But I didn't, I don't think she expected me to go through like everything that I've been through mm. in terms of like my mindset and stuff. Yeah. And feeling that disconnect. And that's the same thing as when I went to Fiji. So. I still grew up with my Fijian family because yeah. I have a lot of Fijian family here in Sydney. Um, but even they didn't force anything on me. Yeah. So that's just a whole nother can of worms. When I went to Fiji, like I was still sheltered. There was just a lot of customs that I wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when I came back to Sydney, I went back to just yeah. good old, good old Australia. <laughs> so um, that's just been a constant battle. I'm like, like, what am I? Yeah. Like if you don't even, for me, it's like if you don't even know like your, the customs and traditions and all like religious views uh, don't align, like who are you? Yeah. That's always been a constant battle for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just really important. Like if you don't know your ancestral background, yeah. how can you leave your print, mm. I guess? Yeah. So... I don't know. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> um, I don't know if you could relate to that. Yeah, I get it. Like, so my first time going to Samoa was in, I think I was going into year seven. And I knew I was privileged and I didn't actually know what the term was. But like, looking back, I grew up pretty, it was a good balance. So like, we always had uh, insight and we always were able to look from a distance of the way that certain things were done culturally with my Samoan family, but it wasn't my lived experience. So for example, you know, a lot of my Samoan friends in school, they would be like, oh, like, what do you mean you're grounded? And I'm like, I'm grounded, I can't go out. And they're like, oh, like I just get a hiding and then it's done. And then there are certain things where, or even just traditions and I guess just the way that everyday life works culturally, like that would be different depending on your household. And, it was so my mom is the Uruguayan obviously and mm. the growing up you know we'd go to family functions and I remember hearing her and she's like my daughter's not cleaning up after anyone like I don't want her taking people um like a boat like you know you take the elders like some water to wash their hands and a towel to dry their hands after they eat kind yeah. of thing she'd be like no 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 my daughter's not doing that and so obviously so, like it's sorry no, like, okay. but like for me my mom would be like when I'm at home yeah I wouldn't like have to do anything. It's like I'm an only child. I yeah. didn't have like just me and my mom. Yeah. So like it kind of contradicted itself when we would be around family and she would tell me, oh, go and do this, go and do that. I'm yeah. like, I don't have to do this at home. Yeah. Like, why are you making me do this why now? Why acting brand new? <laughs> but yeah, like as you were saying. Yeah. And then obviously that made me a brat, like a hundred percent. I remember like that was my mindset. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, who do you think I am? And then from hearing what my mom has said back to me like she did at one point turn around and then she was like nah 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 sis it's time to jump in like you're not gonna sit here and watch the girls younger than you or the boys you know doing more than you and because a lot of the time like the privilege that i had i didn't even realize 
and that would cause drama because of course if I was seven and I saw my seven-year-old half-caste cousin sitting there eating while I'm serving people food I'd be mad and you know I, I think at first my mom had the she thought she was helping me like no no no, you're not doing that but then but like when it came time for her to be like okay no you are going to do that because you're not going to sit there on your ass while there's people like Know, serving others is a good thing like you need to learn that and that change was really quick for me I was like what do you mean I'm not doing that. I'm not doing yeah. that like my attitude was kind of do you know who I am and it, it, it's not like I'm not proud of it but I was young like I didn't know any better whereas now like I can look back and I acknowledge that it was a privilege because I could go half in half out because I could be like no I'm the white girl but then other times I'm like no no I want to be one of you guys so like it was a constant battle and it caused a lot of there was a lot of like just people hating on me for reasons that uh, it's not my fault like you know when yeah. I when I went overseas like they wouldn't bother asking me to jump in or help with anything whereas I was like no I want to like please like show me the ways yeah show me what to do because I don't know like I literally am from Australia the closest beach is like 45 minutes to an hour away I don't know how to go catch fish I don't know what to do here like what are the customs and it's life is so different there and the hierarchy and just the dynamics of everything so different that what we learn here in Australia as Pacific Islanders isn't even close to living. It's nothing. The life over there. And, you know, it's kind of just, it's a version, you know, it's our, it's what we can bring from over there to here. And even that, like I wasn't even fully doing that. But I think I only recently got over, like that doesn't mean that I'm not Samoan because I, I did, I was, I, I had a period where I was like, well, I guess I'm just not one of them. Like I, I, I won't be because that's not the life I had. I. I didn't go through enough to have the same experience as them to make my experiences valid. And it wasn't until, I guess when you, when you look at things in your own point of view, like you're happy to just look over things or just not really, not dig too deep. Cause you're like, it's me. It's okay. I can handle it. Yeah. But I think having children and my children being three quarters someone, which makes them more someone than I ever am. Technically I started looking at it from that point of view. And I was like, no, 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 my kids are Samoan. If anyone said they weren't, I'd be really upset. But also like, no, 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 my kids are Uruguayan. It's not a percentage thing here. It, yeah. it, it's just what you are. So taking myself out of the equation and like looking at it from, uh, I guess, a mother's point of view, I was like, yeah, no, you are valid. You are important. And you are exactly as Samoan as everyone else is. It doesn't matter how many, like, you know, how many of your parents were this, or your grandparents were from this place. Yeah. As long as... You know that's your family that's who you are like it, it's it takes a long time and you know there's so many other influences that like leak into your life to i guess make you feel the way you feel but i just don't want my kids to ever grow up thinking that it's a percentage game because it's not it's not yeah. just oh, i'm 15 this like no it's that's the blood that runs through your veins that's who you are as a person and it's up to you what you do with it don't let anyone else take away from you but also like influence how you feel about that experience i feel like the um percentage sort of how you, you speak of that like oh i'm this sort of percentage of this yeah so yeah. like i'm only half obligated to represent yeah this. exactly I'm only half obligated to represent this island or that island and i'm like oh like that's always been a battle yeah I'm like, okay, well, I was born in Australia. I just represent Australia. I guess I don't so, know. yeah. <laughs> like, how, what, at what point do I become one of you? Like, or more or less. Yeah. But then I just put it into perspective that it doesn't really matter. Like, that blood runs through your brain. Brain. <laughs> I hope this one. <laughs> runs through your veins. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hated that. Um, so, I guess, yeah. That's always been my 
viewpoint as well. Like there's been a couple of times where I've wanted to start like a non-profit organization or like a clothing line, mm. but I wanted to give like some of the profits or something like to give back to the islands. But I'm always like, how can I do that? Yeah. Being half cast. And how can I do that without exploiting or appropriating the culture? Oh, definitely. Right? So, and uh, some people might ask, how can you appropriate a culture that, you know, that runs yeah. through your veins? And I'm like, it's pretty... You really can. It's pretty easy. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I know how much, especially the Cook Islands, like, they're the ones at the forefront of, like, climate change and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So they definitely need help. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of like, I'm in a position in this country yeah i have privileges Mm. to the resources that we have here so it's like how can i use my resources to help those islands because you know like i i love it like i love the islands and i love the customs and i love like my family and everybody there so it's like how can i help them but then like i always because i'm very analytical like in every route that i sort of went down it ended up in some form of like exploitation or appropriation (laughs) so i'm like I'm just so I can't ethically do this exactly, but I'm like I know like I guess it's just starting, mm. but then I'm like I just don't want to go down that route. Yeah, so it's just yeah. I think acknowledging your privilege as a half caste person is very important too, because I haven't lived the same experiences as those who come from a different background to me being. Like whether they're full Uruguayan, full being the term I'm using doesn't mean I go by it. Or someone who has two Uruguayan parents or two Samoan parents. We're gonna have different experiences and that comes with that comes a certain privilege. But I think that you can admit you have privilege and use it for better as well. So like I'm just trying to think of an example. It's like white privilege and I don't know if a lot of white like light skinned people think that they have white privilege but you do because you can probably physically be in more spaces than people who are of your Samoan background and are darker than you and it affords you different I guess privileges obviously because we're using the word privilege yeah (laughs) but it affords you different experiences than those who don't you know I can go there are even just comments just made that is just literally based on skin color like I get like people saying to me like, oh, you know, like you're so light skinned, I love it. And it's just like, why? What does that have to do with anything? Like the, the white privilege is a whole other thing when it comes to being half caste. But it's just something that I wonder if people are aware of. And if you're aware of it, what are you doing with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So for example, um, I participate in an awareness campaign for child sexual abuse and I use my privilege being that although I am um, I am Samoan, I'm also to some people not Samoan enough for what I say to be offensive. If they were to have someone who looked a bit differently to me to get up there and talk about um, like comprehensive sex education it's a bit less controversial coming from me because then people use my whiteness and say, oh, that's because she's white. Right. So there are times where it's beneficial to have both sides. And that is me using my privilege because I have girls who have told me like, you know, if I, if I wasn't, if there wasn't just ideas around what being a Samoan girl is, I would love to get up and speak how you do. I'd love to yeah. get up and, you know, talk about these taboo topics that no one else is. And because for them, the repercussions are a lot greater than they are for me. The repercussions for me, I grew up in a household 
that wasn't very religious. We don't really belong to many community groups. And Same. at the end of the day, the only opinion that mattered was of those that we live with. It allowed me a lot of freedom to express myself and to also not worry about tarnishing the family name. Like that's never been an issue for me. And I know that within some cultural groups, it is a big thing. Whatever you do reflects back on your family. But at the end of the day, whatever I do reflects firstly back on me and then my parents. But my parents aren't going around concerned of what that means for them because they're confident in the way they raised me. So that confidence has allowed me to use my privilege of, you know, being light skin and growing up, you know, a lot, very mostly white whatever that means um and i'm putting that to good use and i i'm fully aware of that privilege and i'm just not going to sit there and be like cool like i'm light-skinned so i'm going to wear different colors to the four salmon girls because it looks better in my complexion like no it's deeper than that it's i'm going to say things that people can't say for the the fear of the repercussions that they will suffer or like that will come to them that won't come to me i've got literally no fear whatever i say i'm like i said it and there it is yeah. what's gonna happen my mom might growl at me and be like did you really need to say that okay i did though and i again that is such a white thing to say like that's just my white parenting peaking but that isn't a bad thing and you know being able to speak is speak up is i think it's grossly underestimated just to have that freedom of speech yeah is something that not everyone has and i will forever 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 keep using it and that's i think one of my i guess it's my one of the best things about being half cast is being able to delve into two worlds and yeah 100% pick and you can pick and choose i'll always be what i am but i can also you know put on a hat that says no today i'm speaking to you as this one you know what i mean so it's like jumping in between the two yeah that was like a one-sided conversation i'm sorry <laughs> no that's fine that's fine no i can definitely relate to all of that um i feel like for me now now that i'm older wherever i am like i'm representing like Polly's like it doesn't even matter like if I and you know what for me as well here in Australia like I always find myself in a lot of instances where I'm like the only like ethnic mm. or colored woman in predominantly yeah. white spaces um and I'll, I will speak on behalf even though like I'm not exactly the most like traditional Polynesian yeah. or whatever but it's like I always put on for the area <laughs> like I always <laughs> mention the west because you know that's my upbringing um, and I always represent Pacific Islanders because there's just so many stigmas surrounded by what a Pacific Islander is. Mm. And uh, I've been told many times that I don't fit into it. But still, when you look at me, I'm a Polynesian woman. Yeah. So I'm just always going to represent. But then it's like, some, like I always feel like somebody questioning mm. how poly I am. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's like... Fuck it. Like, it's yeah. not, it's, this is out of my control. Like, yeah. it's not like I chose to be this whitewashed. Yeah. You know, that was the biggest thing for me is just coming to terms with the fact that I was so whitewashed at one stage mm. and I didn't even know. Yeah. It, it wasn't until, like, I went back to the islands when I was so much younger and realised, like, wow, like, I don't even know. Like, I, I literally, there's this whole part of me, of my ancestral background that I just did not know. Yeah. And that was, like, the hardest part for me to realise, like, when I go back to Australia, like there's something that there are so many things that I need to change. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I just thought of something and now it's left my brain. <laughs> did you have any like questions? I did, and that was why, that's why I'm annoyed because I had a question. 
Okay, I have a question here. Yeah, go. <laughs> what do you think that we can do on our end to be more connected to our roots? Um, I think that's something that looks different to every person because yeah. there are different things that people value. Yeah. Like some people don't think that speaking a language means anything. I think going to like going to Samoa definitely helped me and I'm yet to go to Uruguay and I really want to but I didn't really care about going to Uruguay because I was kind of like what what's it to see it's not it's the culture isn't it's uh it's not as rich this is like what I thought as Samoan culture so I was like it's okay I can learn from here from a distance but when I started looking at it deeper as no that's where you know, because I'm so close to my abuelo and to my nana that I'm just like, that's where they're from. I want to see where they were brought up. I want to see the way they were brought up to understand them, but also to understand their context and I guess the way that they came to be here in Australia. So I think, yes, it's a personal thing. For me, I thought learning the language would be enough. Like of, any, yeah. of either language, I thought, okay, cool, tick that box. I've learned it. Now, I, now I'm done. I'm a full blown Samoan. Now, cool. But like, like can I hang out with it. you? Like you've learned the language. How are you going to implement that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't even help. Like it's literally up to you. You learn the language, but then like, who are you going to talk to the yeah. language to? Like, and then, there's, and then there's fear of sounding stupid when you speak the language because it's like, yeah. oh, you didn't say it like that. And it's like, you know, if there wasn't so much negativity around learning new yeah. things, I you know, hate just, that. Just like, let me learn and say it like I'm white. I am. I'm Australian. I really hope. <laughs> Like there are many people like this, but those that live like had the opportunity to be brought up with the language and you can speak it fluently. Like I, I just, I hope that you can be a little bit more open-minded to those of us that you know we want to learn. Yeah. But it's like we, we sort of like we're used to being told that we're not enough of something. So that yeah. when you like add onto that when we try and speak the language and like oh she's not saying it right. Oh, yeah. And exactly, well, it wasn't my choice I'm to not to Australian learn it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not my choice I didn't learn it. Like, I didn't choose when I was one what language would be spoken to me. Exactly. And it's actually so much easier to learn when you're a child. So out of the two, like, I can understand Spanish 100% better than I can understand Samoan because I lived most of my life with either my mom, my abuelo, or my nana. Can you speak Spanish? I can say my pronunciation's really good. Ooh. But I struggle with the, is it conjunctions? Like if, but, when, where, the joining words, yeah. they're the ones that I really struggle with. Ooh, but it's wanted a, to learn. Like if one of the languages, apart from like Cook Island and Fijian, yeah. like one of the languages I want to learn is Spanish. See, it's my fear of sounding stupid that stops me. Whereas if I pick up like the Spanish newspaper and I read it, everything I say sounds right. But if I try and do the same for the Samoan newspaper, I'm a, 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 because firstly those two languages are completely different like literally the word there are some words that are the same the pronunciation is completely different but um what was the question again oh we're talking about how can you be more connected to your roots i guess you first need to decide what being connected looks like to you and go from there if it means learning the language you know if you if you keep adding on to your list you're never going to feel connected because you're just going to say when I do this I'll be more of this when I do this I'll do that you can get a tattoo it doesn't mean anything Mm. or it can mean everything to you because to wear the culture on your body could be enough for you to feel like you're part of them but personally the way that I feel connected to my culture is through my family and through learning and through reading so family by passing on stories and hearing you know I like to ask my family what was life like for you because by understanding their life I also understand their interactions with me so for example like my dad came to australia like not long before i was born and he's from savai and there's so two like the two main islands in samoa that's the island that's 
it's like rural i hate saying that word it's like rural, rural. australia yeah. it's it's far and um when he came to australia it was i guess everyone's heard it's for a better opportunity and everything like that and to this day so my dad's like how old are you dad? we'll say 46 47 and he's still studying so he's done multiple like he's just always further in his education because he just he knows where he came from and he sees the opportunity that we had and understanding like what he came from when i went to samoa the first time and i went to see where my dad grew up and then i see where he is now i'm like damn i see why you're pushing me so much because compared to what you had the opportunities i have are endless and they were provided to me at a very young age yeah so i think that the context of understanding your the history even your immediate history that's yeah. the thing it helps you connect on a deeper level because then it also determines what you want to pass on and i think that even means the good and the bad so you know connecting to your family and understanding that there are certain things that don't need to be passed down and what are you doing to end them but also to understand why those things occurred in the first place like you know yeah. intergenerational trauma if you understand the the trauma and why it happened then you can do the work now to let it end there and pass on so it doesn't become a cultural thing and yeah. it just becomes a choice a choice yeah. not to do so so i guess my final answer is figure out what being connected means to you yeah and go and do what you need to do for some people that means going to live there for a year for some people that just means you know going to see where their parents are from because i know so many people who haven't even been back back to where their parents are from and it's whatever you put the value yeah. in and make it from there but just i think the most important thing is talking to your family your elders understanding your history and where you came from like how did you come to be you know what i mean so like how did my dad that's a really big one too yeah like how did my dad from some small island and my mom come to be and then I, now i'm here where what influenced them to make the decisions they did that brought them into being in each other's path yeah. which is now what i'm here on this podcast you know that's a really big one so when i yeah. <laughs> so when I like I mentioned like at the beginning where I went back to Raro like every single year and then I had to like now that I can look back and think about it I was like, like I wanted to be more connected to my family I wanted to know you know where my grandparents grew up I wanted yeah. to know how they met I wanted to know my where my family lived and everything yeah so that was purely it like I just wanted to know like how did my ancestors come from here and <laughs> and how the hell did I end up here in Australia yeah so that was like the biggest thing for me so for me to get more connected to my roots it was to go back to the homeland mm. and just i don't know look at the ways that they live because yeah. it's completely different to how i live here um so that was one way that i could connect more yeah to the cook islands or even fiji as well like i've been back both beautiful islands if you ever want to go on a holiday <laughs> um two completely different cultures and traditions and stuff like that so yeah i don't know but yeah, if you wanted to get more a little bit more connected to your roots, like just talk to the people that actually know. Yeah. Like the traditions and stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's a really big one. Um, do you feel like now you're a little bit more connected to your cultures? Or do you want to be more connected? Yeah, I feel like I want to be because like I had this false idea of what it meant to be someone. And then as I grew up, grew up, I... Um, <laughs> I guess I changed what my idea of that was and I became more comfortable with not needing to prove how, how much I am. But also I think that this is my personal opinion, but I just think that if you are from wherever you're from, 
I just feel like there's a sense of duty or obligation to know where you came from. So yeah, one, I'm on that journey of, you know, there's different ways that I'm trying to unpack and figure out and find out more. And it's going to be a never ending journey, but I'm feeling more content than ever because I'm not looking for outsiders perceptions of me to determine how Samoan or how Uruguayan I am yeah. I'm just confident in the fact that it is what it is I am what I am and it's up to you what that means to you but at, at the end of the day I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep trying to prove it I'm just gonna live live yeah. and learn that's like for me now that I'm older it's like how I was talking about being disconnected like I still in some aspects feel disconnected but oh, yeah. I just know that I learn as much as I want to at the pace that I want to like yeah. I feel like when I was younger I was like forcing like a lot like trying to cram in as much as I could in such yeah. a small amount of time but you have the rest of your life to learn yeah um and unlearn at the same yeah. time so um that's the main thing for me like I wouldn't say I feel disconnected if anything I know now that like it doesn't matter what I go through they're still going to be accepting yeah like there might be a little bit of a discourse between <laughs> you know what you're entitled to or whatnot and that's fine um i don't think that the homeland or like my family and homeland owe me anything yeah um but i feel like just not having so much pressure mm. to like be more yeah um because you're performative i find i was very performative when i was younger like yeah oh like if i wear this say in my hair which is like the flower do they know i'm someone or like if i get this tattoo or if i dress this certain way like then people are definitely gonna know and i was kind of always on show just trying to show people like look 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 at me like i am yeah. i am whereas now if people ask me they ask me like it is what it is i'm just I'm just gonna roll with it but yeah. it's not it's not the most interesting thing about me and i never wanted it to be but i did I, I really let that be like there were times when i knew that was the most interesting thing about me was that my was my background because people were like oh wow like someone uruguayan like that's so different what's like how did that happen and i i guess because yeah. It was the easiest thing like that would always remain the same i was like i'm just going to use that as my my fun fact but like it's not it's not the most interesting thing about me and it was just a lot of learning learning and unlearning yeah. and just figuring out like what else that is it's just i guess now i'm more focused on like intersectionality like these that's one part of me but there's also seven other parts that all make up me and it's not the most important or determining factor of my personality no being? I don't know. Yeah, being. being. We'll say being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you... Oh, look at me just with all these questions. I know. Right? <laughs> do you think that we, who grew up here in, like, Western civilization, um, do you think, like, we're obligated to give back to those of the homeland? Obviously, because we're the byproducts of those that, mm. I wouldn't say fled, but, like, left the yeah, islands for, for their offsprings for a better life. Yeah. And assuming that we are living that better life. I don't <laughs> know. Um May look like it. I feel like this is for me. This is why I go through an identity crisis because I feel like, yes, I feel obligated to give back to the homeland. And I don't, that's, no one else is putting that pressure on me. Yeah. It's just what I want to do. Mm. So it's not an obligation placed from like exterior forces that are telling me to do this. It's just yeah. like deep down in my soul, I feel like I just need somehow to use what I have. Yeah. I don't have much, but <laughs> like whatever I have, whatever resource I can gather, like to give back in some way. Yeah. I guess. But like, do you feel obligated to do that or no? There was a period where I did, but then I realized the place I was coming from was like, it's a whole like the white savior complex of like, oh, look at me over in Australia. Like my life is 
assumed to be better. So I'm going to go back and help, you know, the the island people by giving what they don't have. So, and this is another thing. It's sort of like, now that I just said that, what I said <laughs> earlier before Lani just spoke, it's like, that's such a colonizer's mentality. Yeah. It's like, for me, an outsider to go, oh, I wouldn't say I'm an outsider, but yeah. like an outsider in this world to go over there and just ex- like expect them yeah. to To lead help. you. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, that's what I have to unlearn or like yeah. learn to unlearn. So I guess the only way that you can really like gather those thoughts is like to talk to somebody there. Like if they yeah. need help. It's not going without like, it's like, you know, me looking at the McDonald's in Samoa and, and like when we went there the first time, their drive through window was on the passenger side, yeah, not the driver's side. So it's like me going in, you know, because I'm in Australia and we have better McDonald's and me telling them that's stupid, you need to fix it. But nobody in Samoa has an issue with it. So why is it an issue? Like that's just the analogy yeah. I would give it that's because a- I come into my preconceived ideas and my white ways of living in, you know, Western, Western, Westernized Australia. I don't mean Western Australia, but me coming there and like telling them this is what you need. But if they're okay with it, why does, why does that matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess like that's why I changed my mindset a lot from I'm going to go help them to, I guess my kind of motto in life is like doing what I can when I can. So if I was to be there, it's just little things that like I feel like I can do while I am back home, which is like, you know, shopping locally. I'm not going to go to the chain. I'm going to go to the person on the side of the road who's selling chicken and I'm going right. to get their chicken instead of trying to go to the Maccas. I'm going to, you know, spend as much money as I can within the, the villages and the small businesses rather than me trying to, you know, I'm not going to buy clothes from Kmart and take it over. I'm going to go over there and try and put money back into the country instead of me coming over. And that, I think that's kind of a good analogy as to just doing whatever you can over there for them not what we think's best you know what I mean because just because like I feel like just me having that mentality like I need to I need to help them they need this they need that and then I had to like stop myself like Mm. they don't really need to change anything I think they just need resources and stuff to amplify what they already have definitely and what you know is they're susceptible to like you don't want to bring like any technology like in Raro they don't even have any takeaway like they have takeaway but like it's all run by locals and stuff yeah. but they don't have any like big chain chains yeah. McDonald's KFC and all that stuff which is good I remember like one of my uncles over there um I was like to him oh my god like I just want a Big Mac burger <laughs> I'm like why don't you guys bring big like McDonald's and he's yeah. like why would we bring that here yeah and I was like that's so true, true. and he's like you come here to relax and get away from that stuff yeah. why would you want to bring that here and I was like Okay, you didn't need to attack me like that. You got a point there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. It's like I think if I want to – because I do feel obligated in in a way and I I do want to help eventually when I Mm. can. Um, When I give back, it's going to be like in collaboration with somebody over there. Yeah. Whatever it is that they need help with, like I'm going to help. Yeah. And When it comes to that. I think the biggest obligation those of us living over here should have and something that we should be passionate about is climate change because we're over here living our semi-best life while they're over there in most of the islands potentially are going to sink soon. If you are listening to this and you do not believe in climate change, let me know so I can punch you in the head. I'm kidding. (laughs) Just just don't listen anymore because you're not going to align with anything else we say. But literally, that's the whole thing. It comes from a point of privilege. We're over here in Australia not experiencing what they are, you know, the rising sea levels and things like that. And we're the ones who can make such a difference. Even just the little things like recycle your damn bottles. If someone collects the 10 cent bottles, just take them. I see them in the bin and I'm like, 
can you just recycle they're just more sustainable ways of living and I think the that's my biggest obligation right now and it's something that I put pressure on you know in my workplace as well I sent I sent a message out to everyone and I was like hey team did you know that five of 12 of us um are from the Pacific Islands. Did you also know they are sinking? Just trying to put that, not even pressure, but just these are things people might not be aware of. And this is this could affect five of your workplaces' homes. And you could do something so simple yeah. as don't use a straw, recycle your bottles. There's so many ways to be sustainable. Is, it, is that the right way? To yeah. yeah, to be more sustainable. And I think that should be an obligation that we who are not home, being the islands, while we're over here, we can give back by making sure that we have a home to go to. Because that's, you know, that's our holiday destination. That's where we go to see our family, but that's where our family's living every single day. So I feel like that should be an obligation that people take more seriously to ensure that we have somewhere to go back to. I'm not really an obligation person, but like when the question came and I thought about it, I was like, you know what, what better obligation is there than to make sure we still have somewhere to go back to? and that people still have a home because we're they're not the ones who are damaging the world they're you know the islands aren't the ones who are producing all the bad fumes all the toxic fumes and everything else we are so i just feel like why don't we if we do our part look at how many of us are home away from home we can be the ones who make a difference for them yeah that's what i love as well in the islands like they their way of life is like giving back to the land and, and mm. taking care of the land because yeah. that's going to take care of them. Yeah, so exactly. We need we to have that energy earlier. Like, we definitely don't do that over here. Literally. It makes me sad. This took, um, a, this took a turn I didn't think it would. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. Climate change now. But it's Look, good because all. we need to just, you know, it's intersectionality. This is more than one thing mattering at the same time. Exactly. And um, this is just talking about issues that need to be like we could completely skip over it but we're not going to because who does that serve yeah not us um i think we'll do one more question do you have any questions or am i gonna i think it's your question because i don't have any okay i got all the answers well considering this is about like identity and stuff so Mm -hmm. under capitalism because we're in a capitalist society so in under capitalism what are some methods that you use to make yourself feel better towards these questionable identity thoughts does that make sense can you give me your answer and then i'll go from there yeah (laughs) this is my thing because like we are going we have all of these thoughts and stuff it probably starts in the education system right Mm -hmm. so the education system like distracts us and steers us away from wanting to amplify and enhance our interests and skills yeah like we're just taught in the education system everything that they want us to know in order Mm. to get us ready for the rat race yeah right so but that's probably where i started with like okay so if i'm doing all of this but i don't want to but i'm not giving back to my you know my ancestral Mm. background it's sort of like how am i i had to sort of like strip myself from that Mm -hmm. from the edge i had to unlearn so much yeah that's a whole nother topic (laughs) i had to unlearn so much from the like what i learned in high school but like in terms of like some ways that you like how we're talking about how we have all of these issues that go on. Mm. So one way that I like sort of stripped myself from these thoughts about like questioning my identity and and if I'm this or that, Mm. I think I just talk to the people around me. And like, for me, it's my mom. Like I always talk to my mom about when I have these thoughts, like, am I doing enough? Am I not Mm. doing enough? I think she just sort of like grounds me. Yeah. 
to sort of like just stop overthinking because that's who I am. Like <laughs> I just overthink so much and yeah. I'm like, I'm always thinking like, oh, what if I do this and then this happens? And like, so I think for me, it's just like not putting so much pressure on myself mm. and like you will, for me, like you'll get there. Yeah. Like just stop, stop sort of expecting somebody else to tell you who you are yeah that's for me i don't know if that made sense but i guess like just ways that you help yourself through these trying times yes (laughs) i I don't know i think my question just did not make sense but i kind of get where you're going yes maybe i didn't need to bring capitalism into it but i try to (laughs) (laughs) well based on like what you answered and kind of asked i think like a big thing for me was when I started to look at what I've learned and assess like, wait, who taught, so like kind of assessing the information I was presented with and saying, what was the benefit of them teaching me that? So, you know, like- okay. this is to- what this is where I was going, okay. So in the education system, they didn't yeah. tell us anything. I didn't learn anything about being half caste or like, yeah. so they didn't, there were no like specific studies. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about my my ancestral background. Yeah. So that's something that I had to go off and learn myself. Yeah. But, like when what I learned in school yeah. contradicts what I've learned outside of school. Yeah. That's where the identity. Oh yeah, definitely. Came in. So it's sort of like how could I yeah just strip myself of both of that yeah and come to terms with what feels right for me and how can the two coexist? That's you know what that would have been just a perfect <laughs> question. <laughs> Yeah. Disregard my question before. I think it's, it became easier as I got older because I was allowed to think by myself, that free thinking. Like, yeah. you know, in school, you're just told, for example, like um, the first fleet came and it was the best thing that ever happened to Australia. But yeah. outside of school and now as an adult, I'm like, was it the best thing that ever happened? Who did that benefit? Are we, yeah, are we still not living with the consequences of that? So I guess... Just even if, like the best thing I think for me was just growing up, growing up and expanding my mind and doing my own research and just breaking down the ideas that were presented to me. And I was like, that's that's your truth. It's not mine. And it's OK if it's not like I used to think what, what we learned in school, like that's it. That's that. And that's that. And I'm wrong. I'm wrong for thinking that they're wrong. Whereas now, like it's been so many years without a formal education and it's also just been a lot of doing my own research and reading whatever I want to that I'm just like maybe you maybe they're wrong like you know maybe this is this is okay you know we we can rely on the like stories passed down to us are as valid as the history books we're reading because they are story like you know the history book is just another version of a story so it's just I don't know I'm just going to stick with choosing the information that you you want that to resonates with you yeah and, yeah and i think as well everything happens for a reason and if i read something that resonates with me for a reason it's because it's calling to me so if i hear something if i read something and i'm like wow that that hit that hit a certain spot there's a reason for it and i'm gonna go with it yeah yeah that's good um I think we'll leave it there. I think so too. That was like our first official episode. Yeah, it was good to see how it went for I us. Hope this resonates with someone. Curious, if it didn't make yeah. sense, I'll work on it. And also curious to see, <laughs> like, how did people find it? Are you yeah. like low key, like, fuck these white girls? They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Or are you one of us who's like, I feel you? Or are you having the half cast kids and wondering what life's going to be like for them? Well, yeah. hopefully it's better for them because by then it's going to be past 2020 and, you know, we hope we're a bit more awake. Yeah. So we don't actually have 
we're gonna sort the the social medias out but yeah like, leave that with us you just do the yeah. listening we'll just share for now but once we do if you give us a follow I mean, you can give us feedback on our personal pages. Definitely. So you can find me on Rowani Hosking Thomas on Instagram. I'm not about to spell that out because it's too many um, syllables. That was a lot. Mine's so- just Lani Perez. <laughs> and I think it's got like two Zs. If you type in Lani Perez, there's not many of us out there. Yeah. And we will actually work on the podcast page. Definitely. You know what? I'm pretty sure by the time this comes out, we'll have an Instagram page. I'm going to speak it into the universe. We yeah. will. We're going to have our shit together. And the best thing about the social media is that we can interact and hopefully figure out, I guess, how we're doing because, you know, we're all about feedback, constructive criticism. Yes. Don't hurt us. Just, you know, don't make it personal. I mean, you can come for me. Like, if you, you can go if for you her. Go, I'll cry. Um, I'm ready. She's ready, no. and I'm I'm not. I'll be in the corner crying, and I'll be yeah. rethinking it for the next, you know, going over and over and over again. But by the next episode, I'll be fine. Yeah, be good. Okay, well, thank you. See, not see, I always say, see you. We will hear. Oh, we will you will hear, hear us. <laughs> You'll hear from us soon. Hear us on the next episode. That's it. Yeah. See ya. Okay, bye. <laughs>